0: You are now listening to The Nosebleeds with your hosts, Kush Parikh and Corey Johnson. Be sure to check us out weekly every Monday and Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on social media on Twitter at the underscore nosebleeds. That's K-N-O-W-S bleeds. On Instagram at the nosebleeds. And on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the nosebleeds.
1: Face, all your fears, it at me. So many donuts on, on backstreets. Sit so high in the nosebleeds. Feel like I can fly.
0: Yo, what up everybody? Welcome back to the Nosebleeds Podcast. That's KNOWS Bleeds. It's your boy. What's up, everyone? It is kush and I got my co-host with me as always, Mr. Corey Johnson. How are you doing today?
1: You already know it's time to get it. Snows bleeds, baby. You're one and only source when it comes to sports. Let's go.
0: Let's do it. All right, let's start with on this day in sports history, June 18th. We're doing something a little different this time. Let's talk about the WNBA Diana Tarasu scores 19 points to break the WNBA career scoring record against the Los Angeles Sparks. She passed Tina Thompson's mark. Take a listen. Tarazzi fights through a screen. She's got the ball in her hands. She's standing at the corner of destiny
1: and history. Tarasi for the record. Candace
0: <laughs> Parker offering her congratulations immediately
1: and the whole building standing
0: yeah and speaking of the wnba that was a historic moment and another historic moment is going to happen on monday the wnba announced a plan for a 22 game regular season that would begin in late july and it would take place in the img academy in florida and be followed by traditional playoffs which would run through october The regular season was originally supposed to start on May 15th, but was postponed due to the pandemic.
1: So like with the WNBA pretty much starting up, um, that's, uh, you know, obviously later than what they would obviously expect, but at the same time, um, they're still going to have a season and it kind of speaks volumes to the WNBA, which, you know, has been making a little bit of traction here and there and, If they're able to get a season done, kudos to them. But uh, one player who will not be featuring this season for the WNBA will be Renee Montgomery. Montgomery of the Atlanta Dream announced via Twitter that she will not be taking part of the 2020 WNBA season because she is going to be focusing on social justice reform and because it's not going to happen overnight. Um, But I do feel that now is the time and moments equal momentum Let's keep it going. And so uh, she's using her platform, and she's going out of her way, missing out on the entire season because she feels it's more important to keep her voice heard and uh, keep things going, like she said.
0: Yeah, that's definitely, I think, a trend we're going to see in a lot of sports. In the WNBA, we're seeing, and also in the NBA, we're seeing that as well with players. But before we jump into that, the NBA has just released a 100-page document called the Health and Safety Protocol, quote-unquote, they call it the bubble plan. Um, here are some notable notes from the plan. Players have until June 24th to inform their team whether they are plan to participate. So that's less than a week away. Uh, Players will regularly be tested for COVID-19, and if they uh, test positive, then they must be isolated away from the team hotel for 14 days and pass a cardiac test to return. And if they leave the bubble, as they call it, they must quarantine for 4 to 10 days, depending on the reason for their departure. Uh, Each team will be allowed up to 37 personnel in Orlando, and uh, they also created an anonymous COVID-19 violation hotline, or as Kyle Kuzma came on Twitter and said, the snitch hotline. (laughs) So how confident are you in the NBA's bubble plan? Uh, It seems more uh,
1: like anything. It seems more like it's on the players, or it seems like it's more on those who – have to be, like, active participants, like coaches, guys who are on the staff, um, and, you know, just things that referees, you know, whatever the case may be. It seems like it's more on them than it is, like, actually taking, like, precautions and things of that nature. I don't really see any mentions as far as um, doing anything other than just what we kind of heard um on the news like as far as like isolation if players do have it and uh obviously um pointing things out and like we say using the snitch hotline or something like that but I, I i don't know i just i just feel like maybe they could do a little bit more as far as informing the players what they plan on doing other than just to me this seems like to me this seems like the obvious uh things that they should be doing but i think that they maybe could take it a little bit further than what they are doing like maybe they could um implement like uh a, a set time or like a set hour in which like um they 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 keep certain uh players or certain teams i should say like at the hotel or like just try to keep everybody kind of away from each other you know what i mean um, well, I, the
0: the teams based on their seating so far and their tiers have been already separated by hotels and obviously this is a hundred plus page document we're not going to go through each one of yeah, them but the yeah. the nba has been specific about it it was actually pretty funny that it's like to the t to a point where one of the rules is you can't play doubles ping pong
1: yeah i saw that, I saw that. you get because because it's not social distancing so right something
0: right. like that it's it's to the i mean
1: i i would say like the nba is as far as like just coming out with something like this is definitely on the ball but i just find it maybe just like i don't know because like as a player you you obviously want that incentive this is why major league baseball they got their situation currently right now and i w- was surprised that the players' association with the NBA just seemed so casual with the negotiation process that they were just like, all right, cool, yeah, we'll just start at the season. And it didn't really seem until recently that there's been any sort of pushback or any speaking out about not wanting to just be in such a rush to head back and play.
0: Well, I think it's because many players, coaches, and executives question their biggest question is obviously if the nba can pull this off if they think it's a legit, legitimate option but i think if any league were to do it it would be the nba because i think adam silver in the nba office has done a great job with this health and safety perspective and i think that they they also if you take into account they have to deal with a lot less players than say the nfl or the mlb where rosters are about 50, uh, 53 for the nfl 26 for the mlb and that's just the players themselves they're so not including the staff so I mean I think it is easier to do for the NBA because there's a lot less and the bubble's a lot smaller. So I, I, and also I just think that the NBA is such a players-driven league, unlike you see in the NFL or the MLB that we're seeing right now. But so that's why I think Adam Silver and the Players Association have uh, a, I would say, better than average relationship.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, at least that's what we see um, in the public. I mean, we don't obviously know what, you know, private conversations Adam Silver is having with the Players Association or uh, the players, but at the same time, I don't know. I just feel like the NBA, um, kudos to them for going ahead and putting these safety measures in. But for me, I'm always looking at, like, because this is such a huge thing. Like. we're talking about that, not just like the health, like we're talking about the well-being of so many different guys, and not just the players, but like like I mentioned, like the staff and um, people that are in the arena, the broadcasting crews, also the coaches, you know, all of that stuff is going into account. And if somebody you know is at risk, you could be jeopardizing a lot of people at the same time. So, I mean. Well- it's, I think... it's, it's always going to be a big risk versus big rewards sort of thing, because right. it, with the NBA coming back, you look at right now, there you know, major league baseball is still trying to get their stuff together. NHL is still trying to get their thing going like the, the NBA, similar to uh, how we were saying with the MLS could have a leg up on everybody. And, still continue to be the driving force as far as sports goes and I'm glad you
0: I was gonna say like the MLS like nobody knows what's gonna happen because they're gonna be one of the first sports to do it so they don't know how risky it is how rewarding it's gonna be and I think we won't know that until maybe the MLS starts and then the NBA starts and if baseball starts as well we won't know so it's kind of just like it's a foggy site right now so we can't really predict what's gonna happen but I think, I think the NBA has a good grasp on it. Just the fact that even if you leave the campus or whatever it may be, for whatever reason, you still have to quarantine for four to 10 days. So I think that the NBA is doing a good job with their leeway. Um, but Kendrick Perkins even said, he said, from a player's perspective, if you're thinking about family-wise or anything like that, he's like, you've been spending three months with your family right now. Guys are eager to hoop. Like, this is their life. This not just their job. Like, people love to hoop. And he he was saying that if it was me, if I'm making a million dollars right now for being away from my family for another three months, I would do it.
1: But, I mean, uh, that, that's... Yeah, yeah, that's Kendrick Perkins. I mean, like, there's... With, and, and, I mean, I agree to a certain extent, like, as far as you're eager to get back on the court but my thing is always i i just don't feel i feel like at this point in time it's best to to consider all options and it's best to be as safe and i don't want to say take as much time as you need but be Tread lightly is the word I'm looking for. It is the phrase I'm looking for? Tread lightly with this because the the faster you come back, and if not everything is up to snuff, like as far as safety measures and things like that, then things are going to happen, and players could be exposed and things of that nature. And and well, you know, I think we'll, we'll just have to kind of wait and see, like what type of measures are going to go in place when you start hearing about this player has it that player has it or something like that yeah i think Is it gonna derail them right. from continuing and or is it, it gonna even, just
0: because the whole reason continue. they paused in the first place was because rudy gobert got it so they completely exactly. stopped that game so exactly. i definitely see where you're coming from when, when from that standpoint but um honestly health and safety may not even be the issue for some players right now i mean Players are, you know, talking about this uh, stuff that's going on in America outside of the health. I mean, Los Angeles Lakers guard Avery Bradley says that the Players Coalition wants to know if the NBA plans for black causes before restarting the league. And some of the suggestions that he had for improving um, black causes is improved hiring practices for black front office and head coaching candidates, making it so that league management better reflects its composition of players. Uh, second is donating to organizations serving black communities. And third is partnerships with black owned businesses and arena vendors. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I mean, I agree with Avery Bradley, like, as far as saying, when you look at the two biggest sports in the United States, as far as or the two biggest sports leagues, I should say the NFL and the NBA, but predominantly as far as players go, they're, are more black players than there are any other race, ethnicity, or culture. And so you look at that and then, but then at the same time you look at the coaches and you look at management and it's barely any, any brothers are in in those positions. So it's kind of like, I don't, at first, like, I I, I recognized that and I used to, like, hear, like, what a lot of people were saying, especially about the NFL. Like, how come the NFL isn't, like, making more hires and making more pushes? But the same thing can be said about the NBA. There's not a whole lot of black coaches in the NBA and there's not a lot of black managerial uh, positions in the NBA. And my whole thing is that is is when you look at the managerial positions, it's it's, I think that um the the manager managerial positions is tough to kind of break into sometimes especially for uh guys who have you know been in the league but i think it's a lot easier for former players to become coaches but i say that but it was difficult for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar um it was difficult for Isaiah Thomas it was difficult for Magic Johnson and when, even though they get in the position of being a coach or being in management, it doesn't really last that long. It lasts for like a short period of time and then it's gone. And then it's gone. It's like on to the next guy. But um, I, I think it would be interesting to see if the, the league actually does make a push and like, how will they do it? And will they get criticized for it? Will they do, how will they incentivize teams to to but well, that's what i was gonna more, say do, yeah. you, do you see the nba potentially doing a rooting role or yeah because like 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 that, that, my whole thing is like i don't know I, I go back and forth like don't get me wrong like it's a good thing when you see yourself being represented in man in, in positions of power and management and things of that nature and it gives people especially young people aspirations even more than just playing the sport, but how about being the GM of a sports team? How about being an owner of a sports being the team? To hire up. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it makes it makes a big difference. But at the same time, I don't just want you to hire me because I'm black. <laughs> I right. want you to hire me because you think I'm the best candidate for the job
0: they think something that they're doing maybe i wouldn't call it social justice per se but doing something for the black community but at the same time implementing a ruling rule kind of seems like they're belittling them at the same time
1: exactly it does it kind of is a two-edged sword when you kind of look at it but my whole thing is that when you look at when the sixers brought in elton brand i thought they were going to bring in um the dude who uh, was uh, the former GM, David Griffin. I thought they were going to bring in David Griffin, the former GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they decided to bring in uh, Elton Brand. And a lot of people thought like, oh, well, I mean, they only brought him in because one, he's a former player, and two, he's black. So – it looks good on them. So, <laughs> I definitely because, think people
0: so. like Elton Brand, who have been successful, and Masai Ujiri, who have been successful. I think that's definitely a step forward in opening the eyes of NBA
1: owners. But yeah, like I mean, when you look at um, even he's not black, but I'll just use him as an example. When you look at a guy like Eric Spoelstra, dude had to play. Dude had to pay his dues. Like he mm-hmm. started out as. As a scout. Video room, yeah. He was like in the video room at first. Then he had to work his way up to getting onto the bench. And then next thing you know, Pat Rao was like, Hey, congratulations, you're the head coach of the Miami Heat. <laughs> and next thing you know, he's coached LeBron James and he's uh getting two championships. So I I, I think that it's Three. did anyone he win one?
0: Wasn't he the head coach with uh Dwayne Wade and Shaq?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Three championships. So I think that it's it's good to see different faces in different spaces, but at the same time, if you're not taking me seriously and if you're just trying to fill a quota, I don't want any part of it. That's just my thinking on it.
0: Right. So I think that change is definitely needed in the NBA, like Avery Bradley and the Players Coalition were saying. But some players have taken it so far to say that, the Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving was reported in a group message with his Nets teammate and, you know, kind of brought an idea about the players starting their own league. Um, This is coming off of an 80 player led conference that happened last week. Irving and a group of other players released a statement on Friday declaring they want to fight a system of use and abuse. Perhaps Irving saw that reported players league idea as a way to push in that direction. Do you think, this could be a legit idea or is this just a way to push the NBA's hand to make change?
1: Honestly, I thought this was, uh, well, as far as his statements, we don't know because Kyrie's in a, an enigma. Like I said, last episode, like Kyrie's a wild card. He's a wild card, dude. You don't know what is what he's thinking or what he's doing. Um, but at the same time, I've always said that if, not just NBA players, but black athletes who play in team sports. If you are unhappy with the way things are, if you're unhappy with the negotiations, like I've said this, like especially with NFL players, cause they don't get no guaranteed money. So you're pretty much out there playing. And at any time, boom, career could be done contract terminated out the door. It's over. You're done as a professional athlete. And so I guess my thing with that is that I think if if you feel like the owners or management is not treating you right, you should definitely push for saying, hey, we're talented. We're the ones that put butts in the seats. We're the ones that draw in viewership. We're the ones that should consider it. But the thing is, is that it's tough to start anything up off the ground because money is going to be a big thing. Viewership is going to be a big thing. TV deals is going to be a big thing. And it's just, that's the whole thing of going out on a limb and betting out on yourself. A lot of times we talk about betting on yourself, like as far as free agency and a player decides to, you know, bet on himself on free agency and it can pan out. And sometimes it could be a miss. So that would be a big gamble if players decided to form up their own league. But at the end of the day, I think the realistic thing is that they were just trying to see how the NBA would react. Because sometimes you just put out a statement just to see how somebody would react to that idea. And I think that's what Kyrie was kind of doing. He was kind of putting out that statement. And maybe he could have honestly meant it. Uh, I wouldn't I'm not be sure. surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. But at the same time, I think it was more so just to get the attention of Adam Silver, like, hey, there's not there's a lot of guys in this league that don't necessarily agree that we should just be starting up right away. And they're kind of tired. Like, I mean, I know people say like NBA players kind of come off as spoiled rats sometimes because they have so much leverage. But at the same time. If you feel like at the end of the day, they're still employees and the goal is to get from being an employee to being your own boss. And if you could be your own boss by owning your own league or having your own league, that's big time. Cause you don't have to deal with somebody telling you like, Oh, you got to be here. You got to do this. Like you're in charge of everything. You're in charge. Like as far as uh, creating the groundwork for your league and, We've seen time and time again, even we just saw recently with the XFL and so many different football leagues that try to start up. It's hard. It's hard. Even, even uh, with Ice Cube's league, that was something that took forever to, to get off the ground. So it's, it's not something that's easy to just try to establish your own league and try to compete with the likes of the NBA for viewership because that, that's going to be tough.
0: Yeah exactly what you just said obviously if you think about the players starting another league there's going to be a significant pay cut and how many players are going to want to actually accept that pay cut um and I think that's why definitely gives the NBA an upper hand but I don't think Adam Silver is necessarily that commissioner who is like okay you want to backstab me I'll, I'll backstab you so I think he's someone who will definitely be like okay you guys are trying to go behind my back and you know if this is for real and try to make a player's league, like let's actually sit down and work things out and let's see how we can improve our league in, you know, your likeliness.
1: Yeah. Adam Silver definitely comes off like the guy who doesn't come off like a, uh, like a Roger Goodell or, or an Adam Silver. Um, I'm sorry. He doesn't come off like a um, Rob Manfred. Yeah, Rob Manfred. That's what I was thinking. I was, he doesn't come up like somebody who's just going to react uh, so bombastically and just come uh, shouting and, and, and huffing and puffing. He seems like he's more cordial, definitely more negotiative and somebody who's trying to work together. And at least again, from the public eye, he's always said that the players are partners and that he respects the players and like all this other stuff. He has nothing but good things to say. Um, but at the same time, I, I would say that would I be surprised if maybe he did a 180 and maybe he got, we saw a different side to, to yeah. Adam Silver that we never saw? Like, I wouldn't be shocked. with possible. Because so, the thing that made Adam Silver that really put him on the map when he first became the new commissioner is the whole Donald Sterling thing. And that definitely played a role and uh the transitioning process from stern to him because it was a great move on his part to immediately take action on that and not let it sit not let it fester and not try to see what's the media reaction like he immediately came down on uh sterling and that definitely got the attention of the players and that made them feel as if they could trust him and they could be open and honest with him as far as how they feel and what they want. And so I, I think that even if it wasn't genuine or whatever, but at the same time, if you get people to believe the the character or the person that you're trying to portray, then it just, it, it they feel like it is genuine or they feel like you do are coming at it from a good point of view or coming at it from a good place. And so I think if, uh, if you saw Goodell, like you're starting to see Goodell start to, take steps to ingratiate himself with the players, ingratiate himself with the public, and start to become more um, I guess, less of a heavy hand and less of a mouthpiece for the owners and more of a a free spirit. Cause like how many times were we expecting him to make the comments that he was making about uh Kaepernick? So I think that um the reaction from Adam Silver in the league is pretty much just like, okay, that's just Kyrie talking, and we'll just try to go from there. Because unless there's some real actual traction where you see not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but maybe like 25% of like star players say, nah, not going to play, don't feel like playing, and I don't want to play in the NBA, we're going to form up our own league, then that's when you got a problem.
0: Right. I think it's, it, it'll definitely be hard to do that, and it makes Adam Silver's job a lot easier when you have owners that are much more open-minded, like Mark Cuban, who came out and said that he hopes that the ne- players can kneel during the anthem and that if they were, that he would join them. So, I mean, when you have open-minded owners like Mark Cuban, it makes your job a lot easier, you know, definitely seeing both sides and not being selfish. Like, as we know, many other leagues' owners are.
1: Well, I mean, at the end of the day, this is business. And it just reminds me, like, speaking of the NBA, it reminds me of, like, LeBron sometimes, how, like, with his teammates, he when he first goes to a new team, he, like, is all buddy buddies, all trying to get to know you and all type of stuff. And next thing you know, you start hearing your name in trade rumors wondering how the heck did I get on the trade block when LeBron said, "We homies, we cool," I was over this man's house. Like you know, he fed us. Like I thought we were cool. <laughs> now I'm on the trade block. It's all a ploy. It's all so LeBron's exactly, plan. yeah. So so you kind of have to be aware that while yes, Adam Silver is very you know liberal and open-minded, and he's very cool as far as uh, with his business practices as soon as some money starts getting messed up then we're going to see the business side and you're going to see that heavy hand come out because as soon as money starts getting tampered with or if the owners feel like they're getting a low cut by the players or if the players start asking for even more on top of what they're making then you're going to see what how they how people really feel because that's my personal thinking is that when money is on the line that's when you see or when 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 you're in a dire situation or when you're in a a stressful situation that's when you see true colors of a person
0: and i also think this situation that's going on right now is definitely differs from the whole china situation when that happened yeah. there's a lot of money being played around with either with the tv rights and all that in china so i mean there's a lot of controversy when it came to the nba in china but i think eventually over time especially since it was during the season it kind of got brushed under the rug in, in in this situation i don't think we can just brush it under the rug because it's happening in our own home field of america yeah
1: yeah i think that uh as far as local issues like the nba i think has been on top of it but you know like we mentioned with The whole china situation i just think that that was something where the nba had to really put the foot in the mouth because they you know have been talking so much about oh how great our league is and how open-minded our league is and how international the game of basketball is but it, it it's it's a different story when your money is being messed with because i i remember where uh former commissioner david stern he had put out a statement saying if colin kaepernick had been in the NBA or was a basketball player, he would be able to kneel, which is absolutely not true because the NBA has in their rules and in uh, their guidelines that you cannot kneel or uh, you have to stand for the national anthem. And I believe even D. Wade one time got criticized while the, national, while the C- uh, Canadian national anthem was playing, he was still doing his warmups. So I just find it interesting that people will remember certain things or they'll criticize certain things. Like they'll criticize the NFL or they'll criticize the reaction that the NFL had, but they won't look at certain things. Like as far as like the NBA or their, or, you know, other sports leagues. And it just comes off a little hypocritical, I think, because, but I understand why it is because if money's getting affected, then of course or if your image is getting affected, then, of course, you step in and then you have to be the bad guy.
0: Right. Um, Well, the NBA, they have – players have about a week to decide whether they want to play or not in the resuming of the season, and uh, we'll see how stuff pans out. But um, how we're praising Adam Silver right now, on the other hand, one commissioner, especially the one of the MLB, Rob Manfred, is not getting any praise. If anything, he's getting the absolute opposite.
1: None whatsoever. Man is getting tomatoes thrown at him. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. (laughs) Completely. Um, On Monday,
0: he said that he is not confident that there will be a 2020 baseball season. And as long as there's no dialogue with the MLB Players Association, that real risk is going to continue. And this is off of last week coming off, he said, unequivocally we are going to play major league baseball this year and so the likelihood of that is a hundred percent so less than a week this guy already goes back on his words and is completely flipping sides and you definitely saw it with players and fans reacting furiously to this and I think after all the backlash that he received something that we saw like Drew Brees after all yeah, the backlash that he received, true. Manfred then went and requested with the MLBPA executive director Tony Clark, and they met on Wednesday, spoke for four hours, and the MLB sent them a new proposal. And this proposal, uh, some of the guidelines of it was the season would begin on July 19th, a 60-game season with 70 days, uh, full prorated salaries, which w- was a big thing that the Players Association wanted. But the union would have to agree to waive any potential grievance and also playoff expansion, which players wanted as well. So, after this four-hour conversation that they had, you know, people were like, "Okay, we're starting to finally, you know, gain traction." Then MLBPA sent a counterproposal, and which was actually just happened today on Thursday. And this was a seventy-game season again, starting from July 19 through September 30th. So that's helping both sides because the MLB also wants this playoffs to start in october and finish in october um full prorated salary they wanted a spring training to start on june 26th and an expanded playoff and for 2020 2021 split revenue for the playoff game a universal designated hitter not only for this year but next year as well and mutual waiver of potential grievances So with the initial proposal of the MLB and the Players Association's counter-proposal, what are your thoughts on everything that's transpired from Rob Manfred meeting the executive director to players and fans backlash to the newest proposals?
1: I think that um, I saw um, Dallas Braden was talking about this as far as like, What's messed up about it from the players perspective is that the owners even though yeah they're taking hits cuz i mean pretty much any business owner right now is basically taking hits and losing out on business um but for the most part the owners will be fine the owners will be okay the thing that sucks is that with this negotiation process is that the players are the ones that are getting most affected because they it's now like they have like billion dollars of revenue or they're not worth a billion dollars or anything like that. It's it's like these for a lot of guys, especially not the star players, the, the guys who are kind of still trying to hang on to being in the league. This is their livelihood. Like they, they need to be playing. They need to be making money. And if they're not, it's kind of messing up their, their way of living. And so uh, the initial offer, I think, was interesting um, from MLB. But I, I I think the fact that you actually did get a counter offer back from the Players Association, once again, I think is good signs as far as bringing back the negotiation process into the fold. Because as long as the two sides are willing to negotiate still, and now it seems like the players association is bringing in realistic offers because before they were talking about like over a hundred games, which it didn't seem at all like the owners were interested in. They were not interested in at all in trying to have a hundred games, something season. Cause the thing is, is that the owners are not sure as far as if there is going to be a playoffs or not. And, they, and, 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 With major league baseball baseball in general you make most of your money when it comes playoff time because that's when majority of people are watching baseball and so uh the dh thing i think is going to make certain fans of the game feel some type of way because a lot of people do like pitchers batting a lot of people do like seeing pitchers bat and if the dh position became a universal thing throughout the league that would be something that would be totally different and something that we've never seen before and something that would completely uh, change up the game because now
0: I think pitchers being able to hit in the national league definitely gives them and gives some pitchers an upper hand that know how to hit. Like if you think about it, Michael Lorenzen who played outfield when he was at Cal state Fullerton and then converted to a pitcher, the guys can still rake in the MLB as a pitcher. So it definitely gives them an upper hand there
1: exactly so i mean like that that type of stuff is something that you have to keep in mind like as far as you're kind of like taking the bat out of the pitcher's hands and you've got like an extra hitter uh that you can utilize but, but that think, could be
0: beneficial as well too sorry i don't mean to cut you off no 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 It could good. be beneficial because if you look at last season the twins and the yankees both broke the home run record that was set the season before and that both of those teams are in the al so we can definitely see a lot more power which brings a lot more home runs which means a lot more fun for the viewers which means potentially more viewers
1: and then also i mean it's less likely because sometimes the thing that you worry about most as a manager is when your pitcher has to go out and hit is injuries obviously because and not just injuries from swinging the bat but if he's having to run the bases or something like that like the worst thing that you would have to hope for is if it's a bang bang play at any mm-hmm. point in time and, if he, and he's sliding and he slides head first and messes up his wrist going into sliding into the plate if,
0: if you're a max scherzer getting injured in yeah, bunting yeah, practice exactly
1: <laughs> so that's something that you don't want to you don't at all want to tempt fate with because postseason time you would like to have your ace you would like to have your star pitchers available and uh, able to do damage on the mound but i just think that uh when he came when maffrey came out and initially said that he's not sure if there's going to be a season that saying that i think didn't sit well with the fans it didn't sit well with uh people who are eager for baseball to get back because it's like wait a second you said there was going to be a definite without a doubt going to be a season
0: he said 100% and,
1: yeah and now you're all of a sudden saying there is it's it's very doubtful so there's been a lot of tongue-in-cheek there's been a lot of things that have been said but there's not just the the thing that i think a lot of people are frustrated about is the lack of follow-through there's been a lot of talk there's been a lot of reports there's been a lot of negotiation but it hasn't been any follow-through and it's been kind of upsetting to the fans because they're feeling as if they're being cheated or swindled. Meanwhile, all other sports, when you see NHL, NBA, even MLS, even the WNBA have all negotiated something with their players associations and the owners to where they can have a season. But the only, you know, league that seems to – be trying to figure things out and still hasn't at least come up with some sort of agreement is major league baseball and they have to figure it out. And they have to figure it out fast because they don't want to be the only kid that (laughs) they don't want to be the only kid that doesn't get picked to play. (laughs) You know, that's the worst feeling in the whole world. It's like, okay, well, you know, it's like, we got our players. (laughs) It's like, and it's like, wait, what? What about me? So, I think we're touching a sensitive subject for Corey here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I, kidding. <laughs> nah, nah it, it never happened to me. But I just like, man, that's a tough feeling out there because I'm sure like a lot of people went through that. But nah, never me though. But at the same time, I just, subtle I'm just,
0: flex, saying, subtle flex. But okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm
1: just saying, like, I mean, that that's what the MLB is coming across as. No, nah, I feel it's coming that. across as that kid that's not being picked to 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 play. In the game, and they're just sitting there wondering, like throwing their hands up, like, I hope I get pits.
0: Well, you oh. know, things are definitely bad when you have Mike Trout tweeting about it. Mike yeah. Trout is the face of the MLB right now. And he's uh, so
1: quiet. And he's, he's so, so quiet.
0: quiet. This guy rarely tweets. And when he does tweet, it's either about a sponsorship or his family or like a holiday or something like that. You never see him actually tweet, like, what's on his mind or whatever. And when the MLB Players Association came out about after Manfred said that we're not 100% having a season anymore, we don't know if they were going to have a season, uh, MLB PA, PA came out with something, and Mike Trout tweeted, tell us when and where. And yeah. when Mike Trout tweets something or talks, it's like
1: God talking
0: for the MLB. <laughs> and like then, every, and then, and gets Bryce, put on pause.
1: And then even Bryce Harper, when that news came out, he was like, yo, Eagles, what's up? He's saying, like, I'm ready, I'm ready to, he's like, man, I'm ready. Sign him as a kicker, that's it. Ready to go (laughs) play with the Eagles. (laughs) I'm just thinking, like, dang, it's getting bad, so. And then uh, Jason Kipnis, uh, uh, former uh, Cleveland Indian, he tweeted Adam Silver saying, like, hey, you up?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing I would love to see is Aaron Judge in the NFL. That guy's a tank.
1: Six a eight two
0: eighty, dude. The tank.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true.
0: But I, w- with this new MLB Players Association proposal, I wouldn't be surprised if the MLB doesn't accept it. But I no, definitely I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I'm definitely think they're moving in the right direction because from 100 and what was it, 14 games or 112 games, they dropped down to 89 games, and now they're mm-hmm. dropping down to 70 games. Mm-hmm. And the MLB is sticking around that he, they went from like. 48 to 50 to 60. So I think now that 1670, they can definitely find something in the middle, middle like a 66. That way it's even amount of home and road games. Right. So I, I think the MLB is getting a lot closer, but even if they got a deal done, I still think the MLB is in trouble because I think they've made a lot of scars on the players association and the MLB themselves, which will take a lot, a lot of time of healing. And it's if if your name's Rob Manfred. I don't know if you'll ever get the respects from players again.
1: Yeah, not just players, but, like, even on MLB Network, even on ESPN, like, wherever he was going, like, as far as doing interviews, the guy was just getting raked over the coals and was not getting thrown any softballs. This guy's just getting meatball after meatball thrown in his kitchen, and he's swinging and missing every single time. And it's just like, dang, that's tough. That's tough. You hate to see it because it's – this that is our relationship is for sure yeah, damaged. That's not what you want to see out of your commissioner as far as going one week saying, we're definitely having a season 100%, to then less than a week later saying, I don't know, we may, we may not. So, that's, and I mean, if that's they, not, and just saying that, just saying that is just a terrible thing right. to put out in the atmosphere because it's like, why would you even do that to your fan base? your family it's literally it's literally
0: like see. it's literally like the Drew Brees situation right. like Drew Brees was one of the most respected guys in the NFL and all of a sudden now this guy has turned into public enemy number 1
1: but i mean like i i i would say the difference is, is that like you said Drew Brees was completely well respected and Beloved can't say one hundred percent the same thing for Rob Manfred though because there's well been, I mean even, if you're in even a
0: position a re- of a commissioner that's kind of tough to get it's
1: always tough it's always tough because you have to play not play both sides but you have to you have two different groups that you have to appease you have to appease the guys who are paying your salary the owners and you have to appease the guys who are your employees the players. It's like a
0: devil's advocate
1: exactly and the thing that's been so tough for him is that he's had to deal with think about the past few months in the past couple years or so he's had to deal with the Astros cheating scandal he's had to deal with the Red Sox cheating scandal and now recently there's even news regarding maybe even the Yankees were involved with it with a potential cheating scandal as well so well, since
0: we're on that topic let's talk about that right now actually I want to talk about that yeah, the, the fact that the Yankees—you see the Astros tweeting out immediately after they heard that. Yeah,
1: I mean, like, because the especially when you had like Aaron Judge saying that like, he deleted the tweet that he sent off to Jose Altuve uh-huh. back in 2017, uh-huh. and he was saying like, "Oh, it, he felt sick to his stomach, and he uh-huh. it, it, it wasn't deserved. They cheated, and you know, things of that nature." It just, but my thing is that I, and, and this and this may come off like like totally against this is totally against my moral code like i don't believe in necessarily cheating but baseball to me has been notorious when it comes to cheating or scandals or anything of that nature so when the initial news broke about the astros i was like doesn't everybody do that i'm like doesn't everybody still sign doesn't everybody somewhat do that and i and i get it like there's different ways of doing it but I just wasn't shocked with Major League Baseball. I was surprised with the whole deflate gate situation in the NFL. That surprised me, the, the how far it went and how it went to court. And, like, it, it was, like, this big old thing. That surprised me how far that went. But the fact that uh, you had this major scandal in baseball and, and with the Major League Baseball, I mean, recently – there was a a documentary that came out about Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. And it was like, even in the documentary, even in the documentary, they don't address the steroids. They don't address the steroid situation. And it's like, as if major league baseball just, and I I know like this obviously wasn't like MLB network or major league baseball that had, you know, a whole lot to deal with it. This was, you know, ESPN, a 30 for 30, but still with, with, with the name Major League Baseball, it just seems like they talk about the steroids or they mention it or they talk about certain things, but they want to just sweep that under the rug like nothing exactly. happened. When it actually nothing happens, they have a, they turn a blind eye to it. It's like nothing happened. Nothing well, happened. I my mean, whole it's the thing, same thing it's the same thing with the NBA. Not wanting to talk about the Tim Donahue situation. They're like, nothing to see here. But
0: one thing I will say about the NBA that the MOB should do is I mean, you've seen Ryan Braun multiple times being caught for performance enhancement drugs, and he's only served, what, maybe a total of one and a half seasons of suspension within the two. And it's like something like that. You see Tyreek Evans and OJ Mayo, when they did it in the NBA, they've basically been banned for life from the NBA. So maybe is that something that the NBA needs to take into, or sorry, the MLB needs to take into account is that these guys are doing it, but we're basically kind of giving them a slap on the wrist. and everything's back to normal
1: well so. i mean it, it all depends on what are they trying to do like as far as are they trying to heavily come down on the players are they trying to stop the steroid use are they trying to negate it because if they're trying to negate it they could easily get rid of it they could easily stomp it out of the entire league they could easily make it so that if anybody gets caught there's no like slap on the wrist. There's no warning. That's what I'm saying. It's just you're gone and you stay gone. You exactly, can't even be in the that, minors. You, but that's you, what you I'm saying is that like team.
0: is that the MLB is not doing that. So people think they can literally get away with murder in yeah. in that sense. And I think also with this whole Astros scandal that we just saw, and then the Red Sox scandal happened, it's like it, see, it was a yeah. slap
1: on the wrist. The punishments just don't come off as if it's being serious. If this was the NFL. Roger Goodell will be throwing out like so many different suspensions, and like it would be a lot harder. Like if this was like when when like a few years ago, oh man, like this 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 would have been I think they would have came down a lot harder. But the fact that like it's Major League Baseball, and to me again like going back to my whole thing with Major League Baseball, to me they just always have had this thing where. They try to turn a blind eye to certain things and they don't come across like they really care about their fans. And it's, it's just, it's just out of touch. And that's for so long, what people were saying about the NFL, but the NFL to their credit have been trying to get better as far as engagement and get better with letting players celebrate their touchdowns, uh, pulling back a little bit on some certain rules allowing players to express themselves and give off a personality and then uh, start to acknowledge their faults and acknowledge their mistakes as, as far as passing with,
0: interference, being able to challenge that.
1: Right. And then acknowledging their mistakes with Colin Kaepernick and acknowledging their mistakes um, as far as the kneeling in the social and uh, social justice movement. So those type of things being able to admit your faults and showing that you're wrong, I think m- Baseball fans and Major League Baseball fans would just love it if Rob Manford and MLB Brass would just come out and be like, okay, we got it wrong here. We got it wrong. We should have not been wasting time. We should have realized how important this is. And we should have been like, okay, let's get a deal that's going to not only just please the players, not only make us happy, but something that's going to please the fans. Because at the end of the day, we're doing this for them. We're doing this at a time where people need it most. We're doing this at a time where real stuff is happening in the world and people desperately need some sort of entertainment, some sort of sport, some sort of outlet, like you're mentioning, to get away because it's...
0: And it's it's not only beneficial for them, it's beneficial for you. It has the potential to be so
1: beneficial for you. More viewership, like we've been saying these past few episodes, more viewership and you're missing out by continuously uh just just being stubborn at this point but i think i think like i said as far as the nba i'm i was saying with the nba yes you have a deal in place but maybe not be so eager to rush back to get the proper uh healthy to get everything properly in order with MLB, they don't even have a deal on the table. <laughs> they don't even have something in place agreed upon. If I would say the same thing for them if they had a deal agreed upon, but they don't even have a deal agreed upon. But so, even
0: even if they do, let's say they get a deal agreed upon within the next 24 hours. Like you're saying with the NBA, these guys, you're still – kind like you as a fan are still iffy about players. Exactly. I know, don't even know. If they, if they. I don't even know. And if, that comes to the health and it. safety aspect, exactly. and it's like – if they don't even have a deal on the actual negotiation and then they have to go to a health and safety protocol that God knows how long that'll take at this rate of their exactly. negotiations. It's like, and they're planning to start spring training in a week, one week. They're planning to start spring training. So I don't, I don't know if this is actually possible or
1: realistic. So I don't know. We'll see. We will but, see.
0: Yeah. This has definitely taken a huge dent on Manfred's resume. I don't think it's hard to say that he is potentially the most hated commissioner in
1: American sports right now. Yeah, I would say before it was Goodell, but you but, could say like you could say you could say Manfred. To- you could say Manfred right now is probably the most hated commissioner out of the major sports leagues. And I think that's because, like you
0: said, the NFL has grown and taken strides to better themselves. And you could criticize the mistake. strides.
1: You could criticize, like, the what they've done or, like, what they've said or, like, how they've gone about it. But at least they've tried. At least exactly. they've done something. MLB doesn't even do anything. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, let's move on to our last topics we got some european soccer some english premier league it just started on wednesday they returned with aston villa versus sheffield united and then following that game they had manchester city versus arsenal and pretty much the whole world's eyes were watching these matches because obviously there's nothing else to watch and the premier league Showed their support to the Black Lives Movement. They wore jerseys which had Black Lives Matter stretched out from end to end on their back of the jerseys in place of where the players' names would usually be. And as soon as the referee blew the whistle to start the first match over three months, this is the first match. Both players and refs kneeled for several seconds before rising in unison to begin the match. Um, And then last week we had uh, La Liga, we had Madrid's left back marcelo he uh, helped widen madrid's lead 3-0 with a goal in the 37th minute and right after he scored he took a knee and put a fist in the air to show solidarity uh with all these actions being shown on the pitch do you see more teams players and leagues bringing awareness to social injustice with their actions on the pitch
1: i think it's different like when soccer because with soccer there have been so many different conversations like with fifa and where they've had so many different com- campaigns where they've had like, oh, stamp out racism or kick it out or, you know, things of that nature. But there have been so many different instances and so many different examples It, it throughout European leagues where you can count on several different hands the number of instances where... Fans would make monkey chants or they would throw bananas or they would, you know, just completely racially abuse players. And there have been protests to where players have told referees, you either tell them to stop or you kick somebody out or I'm walking off the field and I'm not coming back on the field. And so
0: I think we saw that a lot in the Italian league, Serie A, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's starting up in June mm-hmm. 20th. We've had mm-hmm. multiple, multiple
1: incidences where that has happened exactly, exactly. what you're explaining. And like that, that to me has shown like and has happened like several different times in Europe. Uh, and I'm sorry, in, in the English Premier League, there's been you know several different occasions where racism has uh, been a black guy on the beautiful game but I I just think that I'm not surprised that the players, or I'm not surprised that players were doing this. I would say that it was more, I guess you could maybe say surprising that it's not just only black players that are doing it, that it's, it's the entire league, it's entire teams. It's, you know, everybody is, is getting on board with it. And it's, it's, it's truly interesting to see because, um, at first, it, it it only seemed as if the plight was being only felt by uh, the black players on these uh, on these teams, but now it seems like everybody is sort of like empathizing and realizing and understanding and trying to put themselves in their teammates' shoes and not allow this to continue on any longer, and not just do it as a gesture, but hopefully it's not just gestures. Hopefully it's not just like, Oh, we're just going to take a knee or like, cause there's several times like, well, they'll have games, like they'll have a moment of silence before they start the game. Um, Hopefully it's not just like that. Hopefully it's actually taking the proper uh, actions in order to say, Hey, this is not okay. But I think that if it does continue or if it does, um, uh, like if you do see like crazy stuff happen like you know uh racist acts or racist things happen like that, then either the player should be able to walk off the field or there should be some sort of penalty to the 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 team 's fans or whoever uh, the, the 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 people that are doing it they're, whatever team they 're representing. Like their FIFA should step in, they should start doing more point deductions or they should step in and stop. start doing things that will affect and start making people have to realize, even if they are racist or even if they have things in their heart where they, they just don't like a certain group of people or they don't like a certain player, even if he's scoring goals or even if he's helping their team win, force them to have to understand like, hey, you're hurting your team and if you would rather hurt your team by still doing the same ignorance, same ridiculous, same stupid stuff, and your team is getting deducted points, well, then you're a moron. <laughs> you're, just, you're just a moron. And if you, if you don't see, like, that big picture, then it's like, wow, then there's nothing really that can be said or done for you because you, you've already made your bed and decided to lay in it. Well, I'm I'm going to go on a little
0: rant here to bring some light. But um, after uh, the whole Aston Villa, Sheffield United, they took a knee when the match started. Sky Sports Premier League on Twitter posted that video. And I've never been more disgusted by a fan base of the Premier League because almost every tweet replying to this was saying keep politics out of uh, sports. Uh, and slandering the black lives movement here here's just some tweets to read it says football is supposed to be free of politics sky sports will not be getting any more money from me keep politics out of sports uh basically i hope premier league audiences and revenues will plummet after this shit show all lives matter what is the point of this uh and it just goes on and on and on and the sad part is is like yes you have a lot of those but on Twitter, the replies that pop up first are the ones that have got the most engagement and all those engagements have the most likes, which means it's not only those fans that are speaking, it's people in agreement with them. And to me, it just makes me sick in the stomachs because this isn't even politics. This is human rights that we're talking about. And it's, it's, you're just not being, you're being inhumane and you're being insensitive to the issues in the world that's going on right now. And just because it doesn't apply to you or affect you, doesn't mean you should be ignorant about it and I I mean I know every single sports have these fans like we've seen in the NBA with Westbrook we've seen in the NFL countless of times and but for fans to just be straight up blatant about it and on this magnitude it's with with no remorse it's just infuriating to me and like you said I, I hope Premier League La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga I hope they continue to do what they're doing for the black lives movement i know premier league is just doing the black lives matter on the back of their jerseys for a week but i hope that players and teams continue to show solidarity and you know penalize like you were saying fans that are just ignorant and racist and i hope they do this to obviously primarily raise awareness on these issues but it would also be a plus plus to piss off these racist fans
1: yeah and then even that but, but like Also, beyond just, like, showing solidarity or beyond just, like, uh, you know, taking a knee or something like that, I I think um, you should start seeing more, uh, like, action. You know, like, more players, um, like, because Marcus Rashford from, yeah. yeah, Manchester United, he's really just gone out and been like a real hero to like, especially young kids out there. Like he's been donating a lot of his money and been putting himself out there and been making statements as far as like, it's really important to give back and give to other people and not only just talk about it, but be willing to actually do it. And so the fact that he was willing to give up money out of his pocket, money, he didn't have to necessarily even give up. And he was like one of the few players that was doing so it was like a kudos to him like you know shout out to him because um not everybody feels like they can make an impact outside of just you know giving money or anything like that a lot of people feel like they're they're just like oh i'm just a soccer player oh, i'm just a a basketball player i'm just a a football player like how can i like make any change or how but all it all it takes is just one all it takes is just one person in order to spark change or start something or cause people to think differently about a certain topic or gain perspective or gain sort of like empathy on a certain subject and then it gets the you know it gets people talking it gets people thinking and sometimes you know there are people who say stuff that will piss you off there will people there will be people who will be ignorant to a certain topic but the best thing you can hope for is to at least get your point across and say your piece, they say their piece, and if you can find maybe some middle ground, or if you can uh, just if you can get them to see where you're coming from, and they can and you can try to see where they're coming from, that's the best thing you can hope for, I think, because at the end of the day, we we can't try and force people to change their mind, they have to be willing with anything. Everybody has to be willing to take a step back and evaluate themselves and be able to be willing to, to change themselves, change who they are, change their beliefs, change their way of thinking. And, and that's, that's basically all we can kind of hope for. I think the, that, um, the main thing that, uh, in soccer, I think that they can, definitely try to push for hopefully if they have the euros um next year would be if they had the same thing continue on like if if fifa had like a moment of silence dedicated um to allow the players to express themselves and it doesn't necessarily have to be just like every player taking a knee but like give them the opportunity to be able to uh, use their platform and use and, and, and be able to on, on live television explain to people why they're doing what they're doing. Like, I think that people just, they're just taking the knee, but I think some people don't understand why they're taking the knee. I think truly some people don't understand. And I think like, if they, if people were willing to, to maybe step outside or, we're willing to, to research or, you know, stuff like that. But if if somebody explained it to them while they're doing it, I think that would even just help out a step further. But uh, at the end back, of the day, people will be people. <laughs> back
0: to your Marcus Rashford point, I think what's also going to help a lot to bring light to this issue and to open people's minds up is the fact that obviously Manchester city came out and basically, on their Twitter, called him a an hero and inspiration and basically put yeah. them on a pedestal. And I think if you see that, like more players might be willing to do it and not be so shelled to themselves. And not only that is Manchester City retweeted Manchester United's tweet and basically saying fantastic work. And if you don't know, Manchester City and Manchester United are gigantic rivals. If you want to put Huge it in perspective, right. NBA, Boston, Celtics, and Los Angeles Lakers NFL, you have the bears and the Packers or Ravens and Steelers. Like it's something too, like that. It's, 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 it's to that magnitude and to have them come out and basically praise their rival player, that just shows that it's much bigger than
1: sports. In itself. Exactly. Exactly. I think that that stuff like that is important because it goes beyond the realm of just um, talking about like, cause like cause with certain fans they'll say like, Oh, I hate this guy. Or I hate this player. But most more often than not, they'll say that because their rival that rival player is good, and so it's like they're giving that it's like they're saying they hate him, but at the same time, that's their way of saying he has my respect. Because if Mm -hmm. I didn't hate him, Mm -hmm. or if I didn't, he wasn't even on my radar, I don't care, he's a nobody, he's a no name. But the level of respect I have for him is the fact that he constantly boils my blood and makes me pissed off because it's like he just cannot stop doing good things and helping his team win against my team so i think like you said putting rivalry aside and putting that stuff aside just seeing human element seeing somebody who's willing to go forth help his community help young people and he is still people don't realize Marcus Freshford is still young himself is mm-hmm. so, yeah. so so i mean the fact that this young kid is still going out and going out and making a difference in his own community and making a difference to the youth speaks volumes and it shows that you can speak up you can donate you can do whatever you want it's all about how you believe you can make a difference i personally think that if If more people spoke to the youth, if more people went into the community and showed people the error of their ways or showed people how they were able to, quote unquote, make it as celebrities or as uh, professional athletes. I think that speaks volumes even more because, wow, you were willing to take time out of your busy schedule or you were willing to not come off like you were on this pedestal and just say like, hey, I used to be in your spot. I used to be that kid that was hoping he gets the opportunity to play with Manchester United. Lo and behold, here I am. So I just think that more stuff like that empathizes and inspires. And I think that's all that we, as, as just like me and you, Kush, I think that we just want to inspire other people to want to do and want to create and speak their own mind. Right. Right. For sure. And I actually just looked it up.
0: Marcus Rashford is 22 years old. Exactly. He's a youngin.
1: He's a youngin, man.
0: And I think with the Serie A starting up, I definitely think we're going to see more or we hope to see more, especially with guys like Romelu Lukaku, who has faced racism a ton. And we've seen it over and over again. I think the
1: biggest thing that also would impact the game as well is if you – saw stuff like out of the two biggest stars pick two biggest names Lito Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo as well so I mean if you saw something from those two I think the whole world would be able to hear would be able to see and I think that would make things would help and would would push further in the uh in the realm of helping people better understand why this is happening and why people are 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 doing these are doing these things or taking the knee and all that other stuff. And it, it's just not, it's, it's just not about the game anymore. It's beyond that. Right. I'm hundred percent agree with you on that, but all right, that's
0: going to wrap up the show. Corey, any last words?
1: I think this was, uh, this, this to me, I think the biggest thing coming up that I can't wait to see is I want to see what happens in the next weeks with MLB what happens around the world as things start to open up more with as far as COVID and I just can't wait to see like how we're going to transition now with everything sort of opening up again and sort of uh, coming back. How are sports leagues going to be able to manage dealing with the COVID, dealing with um, the fight against social injustice and the fight against racism? It's going to be very interesting to see in these next up and coming weeks, heading especially into July and August.
0: Yeah, definitely will be interesting as sports start to open up. We hope that this situation will still hold a lot of power and people just don't rush it on the rugs because sports is back. But um, if you guys haven't done it already, I say this all the time, follow us on social media, on Twitter, at the underscore nosebleeds instagram the nosebleeds that's k-n-o-w-s bleeds and uh, make sure to follow us on facebook just look up the nosebleeds podcast uh spotify apple music if you're on apple music feel free to give us a five-star review that'd be really generous of you and you're feeling extra generous write a review because you know you love us come on now And that's pretty much it. We out.
1: We out of here, y'all. Appreciate y'all listening. Stay tuned for the next episode where we got some super drama going on in the NFL. Yes, sir. Deuces.